So let's get to our next guest, and that's going to be Chris Robinson, Managing Director at TJM Institutional Services. Uh, welcome back to the show, Chris. All right, so we're talking equity moves here. Uh, you know, the market's had a decent month so far, uh, fell a little bit last week. What's your take here? Have we seen the bottoms yet in the equity market, in your opinion here, Chris? Well, I mean, I think the key was, I hate to say it, that 3,500 level on the S&P. Um, that was a huge technical level. And um, it, what does that mean? Well, you take the, the panic low from the, um, the COVID low in that March 2020, Take it up to the all-time high at 4808, you know, 3502, 35, 3490. That was the halfway back. So that was a big reset button for a lot of people. And I think that moving ahead, that's going to be sort of the line in the sand for everybody. Um, and you know, now we are. It's you know, it's this is Thanksgiving week, so markets tend to get thinner and uh, more whippy. So I would say that, in barring some you know uh, unforeseen event, that's going to be the key level for the S and P moving ahead probably into the next quarter next year. Yeah, and a lot of people Yeah, a lot of people are expecting uh, you know the fact that hey, we haven't seen that contagion that big swoop move to the downside to kind of uh, you know pinpoint a bottom in this market at this point. But volatility seems to be waning here a little bit, Chris, as as November has improved from the uh, the end of October into November, the markets have improved a little bit. Uh, do you yeah. see anything with the VIX here that's telling you that hey, some consolidation right here at these levels just under 4000 for the S&P 500 might not be a bad thing. Thing at this point right I think you know the market needs a breather it's certainly had you know a lot of stuff thrown at it um, and I think the last two um, uh, data dumps that we had those two inflation numbers calm people down a little bit and everybody's you know I, I, I find it odd that the, the next big decision is the Fed gonna do 75 or 50 I, I think you've got to look more big picture big picture is they're not gonna dial back rates anytime soon and I think the market's finally starting to wrap its head around that. And I think the, the the one index that suffered the most, right, that had the most pain was the NASDAQ. And again, same thing. I look at the big move we had from the uh, COVID low to the uh, record highs, it gave back 62%. So we've seen these, uh, it's been a very odd two years where these uh, retracement levels have been very impactful in a lot of commodities. I've been doing this for 30 years. And I'm still amazed at how much those levels have attracted, certainly hedging, um, and, and the hedging has uh, impacted you know, the, the overall move of the index. When you saw everybody load up on puts there at 3,500, that was almost a red flag sign. So I think that if there's one thing to keep in mind as we finish out this year, in all the commodities, I don't care if you're trading you know, you know, crude oil or if you're trading wheat right now, uh, you've got to keep a big picture look because we are having bigger than normal um, uh, daily swings. I think that that's think a that's a great point, Chris. Because I tend to, you know, I nearly 30 years in the markets. Also, especially when we're, you know, we've got some volatility into the markets. Maybe there's some downside risks. I always start looking at the technicals a lot more in the in those instances. And you know, historically, it's not a bad way to look at markets at, uh, at this point. But you mentioned some of the other commodities here. I wanted to kind of get your take here on the dollar. Uh, it seems like anytime the dollar's up, equities are down, vice versa happens. Uh, we finally saw a crack in the dollar from those 40-year highs. Uh, you know, when you look at this market, is this what investors should keep an eye on in the back of their mind because it has been such a, uh, a driver for equities at this point? 
Yes, and sooner or later, if the dollar does start backing off, that's going to be the new argument for one. Well, you want to be friendly commodities, right? Because lower dollar, better for exports. That might be a trap. Uh, looking for simplistic A plus B equals C um, results can, can be a, kind of a trap. Now, here's another technical thing. I hate to do this, but it's bizarre. Um, if you take the, the dollar low, uh, we were around 89 for a long time there. That was a, about a four and a half year low. The high, 114 and change. That 105 level, that was the 38% retracement. So it's, you know, it's just been very, very strange. We, we caught a bit at 105. You know, moving ahead, I think if 105 and the dollar fails, what's going to happen? You're going to see a lot of people who were long dollar, maybe still are the long dollar, say, okay, this level failed. We have to reevaluate. So um, that's what I'm talking about, uh, looking at big picture ranges. That was a two and a half year move, you know, and lots of times when we're, if we're uh, active traders, it's very easy to get caught up chasing the five minute charts. You need to at least once a week or once a month pull back and go look at a longer term chart. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's good uh, advice there. Uh, yeah, and I was looking at that dollar move over the last month, month and a half, and uh, the crater that we saw down to that 105 level almost got down to the 200-day moving average uh, yeah. there. But uh, gaining a little bit of strength here today, putting pressure on equities. Real quick here uh, on yields uh, moving forward. We've got the FOMC minutes on Wednesday. We had some Fed speak last week. Uh, that uh, gave yields a little bit of a boost after, uh, you know, uh, treasuries had been uh, stronger, but those inverse yields kind of perked up here a little bit, above 3.8% on the 10-year. What's your outlook here for yields moving forward? I think that the market has, you know, finally wrapped its head around this level. I think that the uh, Fed, for better or for worse, is keeping his, you know, the foot to the floor. Um, I think he's survived the pressure of the elections now. You had a lot of politicians try to you know, the Fed's supposed to be independent. I'm sure he was getting an earful. Uh, but I think that they, they're not, it seems to me that if you look and listen to Chairman Powell, he's really has not changed his mind yet. There's some of the other people in the Fed that may be trying to talk it back a little bit, but at this point with rates, as they have increased so quickly, the rate of increase has been unprecedented, right? That's why we've had mortgages go from, you know, 2.8% to 7%. I think that uh, uh, I don't see that changing until they really get some more um, uh, movement in the unemployment number. That seems to be the one metric that these guys are looking at, unemployment. Uh, unemployment. And as long as we have 11 million jobs still floating around out there that people get, I don't think the Fed will, uh, will back off that much. I hope I'm wrong, because it would be nice to have rates come off. Um, but I don't think the Fed's going to back off till they see that the unemployment numbers change. Yeah, I think that was, that was clarified last week with some of the Fed commentary uh, out of the new one, Collins, uh, and also a few others that were still pounding the table. Like when this mar the labor market is as tight as it is with that many job openings, the 3.7% uh, unemployment rate at this point, we haven't felt the pain yet. And the Fed realizes that uh, and consumer spending still relatively robust with some of those numbers uh, that we saw last week. All right, great conversation, Chris. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Take All right, that's Chris Robinson, Managing Director at TJM Institutional Services.